0: Welcome back to the Subtweets and Therapy Podcast, the podcast with no theme, only words. I'm Julian. And
1: I'm Jared. In today's episode, we talk about some stuff revolving around Ray Fisher, as well as Dak Prescott, and the response that was received from Skip Bayless.
0: And Dr. Phil.
1: Oh my God. Oh yeah. The Dr. Phil thing is just, gird your loins. Okay. So basically, what's going on here and what I wanted to talk about. Uh, was there's a there's an, a an developing situation with Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers Media uh not Warner Media um that revolves around behavior uh i guess comments and actions on the set of the Justice League reshoots uh which for any for anyone who is unaware um Justice League was being uh, shot and directed by Zack Snyder uh and due to a series of very personal and very emotional things that happened in Zach's life. Um, as well as some behind the scenes turmoil between Zach and um, the executives at Warner brothers, Zach was basically dismissed from the set of justice league. They basically just kind of kicked him off uh, and decided that they were going to go with someone else to finish up and clean up the movie. Uh, That's someone else being Joss Whedon. Um, so now, fast forward to the present. Uh, Ray Fisher has come out multiple times on Twitter uh, to state that the environment that Joss Whedon, as well as a few executives with Warner Brothers, uh, the environment that they created on the set of the reshoots was toxic. It was unprofessional. It was abusive. And it was gross. Those were a lot of the words that he used um, and describing the behavior and actions of, uh, Joss Whedon. So, um, as a result, Warner Brothers Media, uh, and Ray Fisher have gotten into a legal battle, um, trying to investigate, quote unquote, what exactly happened on the film set. Uh, and Warner Brothers Media has been very intent upon trying to, um, degrade the public's trust in what ray fisher is saying uh and as a response there has uh, been a movement that's kind of created uh the hashtag i stand with ray or hashtag i stand with ray fisher movement uh in which other people on set have come out in support of what ray is saying uh as including well as some people yes uh including a lot and a, a lot of people online who are very very uh involved with all of this dc uh superhero stuff uh they have also tweeted out their support. So I just kind of wanted to, like, talk about that um, because, I mean, last week we were talking about the public's trust in the media in general, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this is a a great situation to look at to see, like, the types of things that kind of go on and how, you know, depending on what you're reading or who you're getting your, your information from, it could completely color your perception of what's happening here.
0: Yeah. Um, this was a situation that I found confusing because I just didn't really understand what the issue was behind it. Mm-hmm. But then I saw like how they're doing an investigation and how he posted a video saying that if anything that he, uh, Ray Fisher posted this video saying that if, uh, anything he'd say was untrue or slanderous, uh, for, you know, them to sue him. Right. And it's been no lawsuit, obviously. Um, and so I was just kind of like wondering what was like, what the dispute is, um, if he's going to do the next movie, which he's supposed to be in.
1: Yeah. That's a part of the reason why, like, I've been kind of keeping my eye on all of this. Um, I mean, for me, I, I, it feels a little bit more personal for me because, you know, obviously, you know, I've been acting ever since I was like three or four years old, Um, and I've seen multiple instances of, you know, a particular actor or actress standing up for something that they believe in and, you know, trying to fight for what's right. And then a lot of times they get blackballed and, you know, they just, they won't be casted in any sort of role or, you know, they get typecasted into very small roles and their career kind of dies out. Um, so like, I'm a little bit afraid that something like this is going to happen with Ray Fisher. Um, but I'm also just like curious to see what comes of this, because I mean, it's not very often that you have an actor that's like embroiled in something like this, and they still are making films with the people who are employing them. You know?
0: Yeah, I think they're actively in negotiations right now. And isn't the um, the Zack Snyder version yeah, slated yeah, to be Sn- released soon? The
1: Snyder cut is going to be coming out um, on HBO. And honestly. I think I think Zack Snyder might be kind of like at the, the core of this, at least for for Ray, um, because all of this drama for him started when in 2017 at a San Diego Comic Con he was basically coerced into uh, giving praise to Joss Whedon for coming in and quote unquote like cleaning up the film, uh, and he was forced to say that you know Zack Snyder made a great choice in choosing Whedon to come in and finish the film. Uh, afterwards. Uh, Fisher tweeted out that he wanted to forcefully retract the entirety of that statement. Um, so I really think that um, with the way that Warner Bros handled the dismissal of Zack Snyder and making it seem to the public as if it was solely because of the personal things going on uh, in uh, his life and it had nothing you know to do with like a professional, contractual situation, I think that really got underneath the skin of, uh, of Ray Fisher and other people on set. Um, and I feel like Ray is trying to defend Zach and defend the, the work that, you know, they all made it together. Um, and I really think that that's why, you know, like this is such an important issue for him. Um, but I really just, I like, I'm curious to know like what exactly went down because from Warner Bro's perspective if they didn't do anything wrong then I feel like they would benefit from just telling everybody exactly what happened on set you know
0: I think this is very similar to uh, Monique's case against Netflix. do you remember that? Oh yeah when she said that um they didn't enter negotiations with a uh, with like really being willing to negotiate basically right and they obviously denied it tried to smear Monique's character all over social media. I saw tons of people buying into it too. And then I think it was was less than a month ago. It came out that she won her case against them. Oh, really? Because I didn't even see anything about that. Yeah, they didn't because it was found that they weren't really trying to negotiate in good faith. Mm. And so I'm sorry, go ahead. I I was just kind of drawing parallels to this situation. Obviously it's a little bit different, but she, she, I don't think she got a role after that.
1: You know, I think you may be right about that. I haven't necessarily kept tabs on her career, but if she has gotten a role in something, it hasn't been anything major. You know, it hasn't been anything that a lot of people have talked about. Um, So yeah, like this is, this is intriguing to me because we do have, you know, examples of actors being blackballed for certain things. And like, they just kind of completely disappear from the public eye, uh, in terms of, of big roles and whatnot. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that that's, you know, something that doesn't happen with Ray. Um, he's a promising young actor. Uh, and, you know, I think especially in today's societal environment, it's really important that, you know, people aren't punished for fighting for something that they believe is right. You know, Like people aren't punished in terms of their career of, you know, trying to do the right thing and expose wrongdoing in the workplace. Um, So, yeah, man, I just I'm really curious to keep my eye on this and and see what happens, Um, because obviously, you know, DC is trying to reset their franchises, reset their universe and, you know, give things a different go. Um, but this entire Ray Fisher situation might end up casting a you know a really negative light on the whole thing before they even get started.
0: Yeah, I, I'm very interested to see how promotion for this Zack Snyder thing goes out. Mm-hmm. Especially when Zack Snyder, from what I heard in the video I watched about this situation, said that uh, Ray Fisher was one of the more important characters in his version. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just curious to see are they gonna have him speak, or are they gonna just kind of try to hide him away? I don't know, like, like that's honestly, be really uncomfortable, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That, I mean, I feel like that might make for really great TV, but it would be like very, very uncomfortable for everybody watching. Um, but like, it's just it's kind of fascinating to me, like, all of this behind the scenes drama, you know, um, with something as major as the DC universe, that's just kind of slowly leaking out. Um, yeah. And like you can tell that like Warner Brothers media is very much involved with trying to control what information go- goes out to the public uh, about what's going on with them. But I mean, the dysfunction is, you know, clear as day for anyone to see if they just look at the products that they're making right now.
0: Yeah, the thing I'm really confused about in regards to the products is there's, like, another Justice League movie that's slated to be happening. And I hear Mm -hmm. Ben Affleck's going to be the Batman in that when I thought Mm -hmm. that we already had a uh, a new Batman.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Then this is something that I could talk about all day and twice on Sunday with my frustrations. Um, So, like, the, the Robert Pattinson Batman is apparently, like, not Going to take over. You know, like he's not the new Batman in the DC universe or whatever. Like it's its own thing, mm-hmm. um, which we could talk about the awkward timing of it, but that's another conversation. Um, but I really do think that with everything going on or everything that happened with Zack Snyder the first time around, I feel like people at Warner uh, Media or I don't know, people just really close to the situation, they want to. Give Zach a, a a fair shot, basically, mm-hmm. um, because, like, again, the way that he was kind of kicked out, it just kind of, I don't know, it was really abrupt uh, and there was no conclusion to what he was making. Um, so that's why Ben Affleck is coming back. Like he when he was Batman, he had a whole bunch of personal things going on, which clearly affected his performance and whatnot. But mm-hmm. like he decided to come back because like he wanted to do it for Zach. Uh, and you know Ray Fisher is doing all this stuff because he wants to you know do it for Zach as well so like, the whole situation is just is very weird
0: <laughs> yeah. um
1: but very interesting you know
0: yeah uh it's just all it's all weird I know yeah. that um some of those uh th- what they said veiled threats that Ray Fisher was receiving were that they found another cyborg and they were going to cast another cyborg. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. I didn't even hear anything about that. So he's basically already feeling like his job is gone, or at least under threat.
0: Yeah. I think it was Joss. It was uh, Joss Whedon who said it, I believe. Okay, Joss Whedon or... And Jeff Johns. Yeah. That's the guy. That's the name. Jeff, of his name Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. That's who it was. Oh,
1: jeez. <laughs> it's just the whole situation is really messy, man. It's really unprofessional i guess so you know i mean with everything that ray is saying like it's not necessarily outside of the realm of possibility you know that he's just telling the truth you know Um, that is
0: true and it wouldn't be the first time that someone who decided to use their platform to speak out against something got uh, blackballed
1: yeah so we're gonna keep an eye on that and and see you know what happens with that um, I definitely will be curious to see how Warner brothers media spins it. Um, uh, you know, if he ends up getting booted, uh, you know, out of the cyborg role, uh, and you know, if he ends up being blackballed because we don't really see him in, in other movies and whatnot, like I'm curious to see like, what, if anything, Warner brothers media will have to say about it. Cause I mean, obviously people will be able to trace the breadcrumbs back to this entire situation.
0: Yeah. That'll be pretty obvious. Yeah. That will be pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of the HBO thing, I kind of have a complaint about all this. Okay. Have you noticed how many properties HBO wants you to pay for? Oh, my gosh. Man, I talk to my girlfriend about this all the time. (laughs) Like, you have HBO, HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO Max. Like, what do you want from me, HBO? Exactly. Just pick something. Why do you have so many properties? Just, like, put it, put
1: it all in, like, one, maybe two apps, you know? Yeah, it's so much. And it's <laughs> weird because, like, HBO, I think it was, like, HBO Go or HBO Now. One of the two was supposed to go away. Um, but, like, it's kind of been hanging on, you know? And it's just, yeah. like, I thought you were supposed to get rid of this thing because you created this other thing to take its place. Why do you have both?
0: Why is this not all one thing? <laughs> just give me one monthly payment. One. Why is there so many different things? Oh my
1: gosh, man!
0: Who's running this? <laughs> like, like that I makes just no sense.
1: I honestly like. I feel like in general, like most properties associated with Warner Media, including including Warner Bros. Media. I feel like it's just a dumpster fire going on. Like, yeah. just everywhere you look, they just are doing so many things that doesn't make any sort of sense. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know, I'm man. just getting so frustrated. I was like, which which property is this Justice League coming out on? It's HBO Max, right? Uh, yes, HBO Max. And I'm like, so what about people who pay for HBO Go? Just, you know, forget them. Yeah, because I don't, I don't
1: think that they're gonna like transfer their accounts over, or anything like that. It's gonna be like, all right, you gotta pay for a new account. Yeah, it's so, just dumb. I don't know. It's dumb. It's dumb.
0: But this whole that, multiple streaming services thing in general is just frustrating.
1: And it's like it's not just HBO. It's like Fox as well. Fox mm-hmm. has like four, if, four or five different platforms that they stream stuff on. Um. And I just don't fully understand why. It's like you're watering down your own market, you know?
0: Yeah. And then I hear that the new Fresh Prince remake is on Peacock, which I didn't even know was a streaming service. Wait, what the heck is Peacock? That's NBC's. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) There's too many streaming platforms. There's too Uh, many.
1: See, but this is something that we said what was going to happen maybe like five years ago. We were talking about how eventually streaming services are going to end up being what cable was in which you just yeah. have too many things going on and you're paying for stuff that you don't need or don't use, which was the whole reason that streaming services were created, so you can get what you at a la carte, basically.
0: Yeah, and now I can't. Now if I want to watch one thing, I have to pay monthly for one thing. And then you know what happens with streaming services. Mm-hmm. You always forget to cancel it. And you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to cancel it. And then you get the next charge for the next month, and Mm -hmm. it just keeps on rolling. And they're like, "Thanks for that seven dollars, bro. Thanks." Or or you'll have see you next month.
1: Or you'll have that situation with that I have right now with Sling. Like Sling has a weird setup with the packages they offer, in which like there's Mm -hmm. Sling Orange and Sling Blue, and which like you get certain you know channels in each package, right? But then Mm -hmm. you have Sling Orange Plus Blue, in which you get all of those channels uh do you for orange and blue but you pay like an extra 15 bucks or whatever but -hmm. it's really weird because sling orange and sling blue both cost 30 bucks a month right so Mm -hmm. i can literally go into like my account and like manage my account edit my subscription and flip over to the other subscription like from orange to blue or blue to orange if i want to get access to a particular channel for a game or something and it doesn't cost me anything and i can do that as many times as i want to (laughs) And I don't. <laughs> what? I don't. I don't understand what they're doing, and it's so weird. It's <laughs> like why? And, and like at at this point, like it's it feels almost like a hassle for me to like flip back and forth. So you know, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe I should just get sling orange plus blue. But then I look at it, I'm like, that's an extra fifteen dollars for I something. Feel like they need that a
0: better is, name. Like, yeah. They orange do. plus blue you couldn't just look at the color wheel and pick out what color that is <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't come up with a tertiary color or something yeah like just go to the color wheel and find what color that is and name it that not <laughs> orange plus blue
1: <laughs> oh man i don't know i don't know I mean, we weren't i don't know we were supposed to talk about that but
0: i just uh... get so frustrated with all these streaming services
1: Oh, another thing that's frustrating me is not necessarily streaming services, but it does have to do with something very crucial if you're going to stream something. My internet is garbage. And I I'm very you. frustrated with ATT. I, Bro, okay. I told you. So. It was, I finally figured out what was going on, but like what alerted me to an issue was the fact that my Wi-Fi reset from the name that I had given it and the new password that I had given it back to the factory stuff that they had given me when I first signed up with them. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like, I was trying to figure out what was going on. Like the internet was still working, but I couldn't get into my account to manage all of that stuff and change it back. Like each time I tried to get in, it was like either my information was incorrect or there was no order associated with the information that I was giving. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't understand what's going on. So on Saturday, working on like three hours of sleep, I was on the phone with AT&T slash chatting with them online from 9 a.m. until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And the only thing that they needed to do was fixed an error on their part in which they had incorrectly inputted my email address so I could never verify it. So my, my account never got verified. So like I had an account with them, but I couldn't get into it because it wasn't verified because someone can't type the numbers 112 in my email address.
0: <laughs> so Bro, I've, yeah, I've been on that ride. AT&T, I, you, AT&T man. I, I think I have more tweets about them than any other company, you and is there. I can't even. I don't even know if I can say the. I think they're tied for the worst with Spectrum, which is who I have. I honestly,
1: God, would rather work with Spectrum. Like I, I had, I had Spectrum before, and I'd rather work with him.
0: uh I've had so many issues with both, with both, okay internet. I just wish that eventually we'd get to the point where internet could be like cell phone providers where I could, you know, not be limited to two different choices. Right. Because neither one is great. Exactly. And there's a similar situation going
1: on um, up north. I think, like, Comcast basically has a monopoly. Yeah, Comcast. Yeah.
0: On (laughs) so many
1: many places in the northeast. Like, you just, you do not have a choice. It is just Comcast.
0: Yeah, I had them when I lived in New York. Oh, God, it was Anyways. terrible. And what happened is your bill just goes like way up randomly, and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh my
1: God! Bro. At all, <laughs> I At feel all. like I feel like there's multiple laws that were intentionally created so that monopolies like that couldn't exist. I wonder what happened to those.
0: I don't know, but I think I feel super bad for anyone who works customer service for those <laughs> companies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh,
1: yeah because i mean after a while people like even people like me who used to work in a call center like you're just gonna lose it at some point yeah like time. you
0: really try to be patient having work customer service yeah but eventually there's only so many can i put you on holds exactly <laughs> exactly
1: like the last time when i was talking to at t like they asked me if if they could put me on hold and i honestly got almost screamed at them no I was just like, yeah, sure, that's fine. But I wanted to be like, no, because I was just on hold for 40 minutes before I talked to you for two seconds.
0: Yeah, it's an, it's really infuriating. And by the way, if you um, type with customer service, yeah. they can see everything you type, even if you don't save it. So oh, word? You, yeah, if, oh, you, uh, no. oh, if no. you type something snarky oh, no. in, they can see it. Oh, I've done that so many times. I learned that the other day. Oh no oh. Yeah, they can uh, oh they can man. see what you're typing so just remember that. In the oh future.
1: man, that's really bad. <laughs> I wonder if my girlfriend knows that because she was trying to work uh, with PayPal to get this refund refund from Hm that she was owed, which this is a side Did note you ever get that? Yes, PayPal is also a joke. like the way that they handle things is just terrible.
0: But I told you they deleted was, my first account.
1: Yeah, she was she was uh, on like chatting with their customer service, quote unquote, for like five hours, dude. So like, I wonder if she was typing snarky things and then decided to not send it or whatever because I know I would <laughs> definitely do something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, like so you know just just keep that in mind. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you
1: for making me aware.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: Gosh. Now I feel really bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Could I, like, send some apologies?
1: Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Just because, you know, you just, as much as millennials try to not be like boomers when it comes to dealing with customer service, every mm-hmm. once in a while, the lessons that you learned as a kid watching your parents berate someone over the phone and they get
0: results, sometimes that just kind of comes out, you know? Yeah, you really try. Like, have you ever, like, lectured your parents about being nice to customers? Oh, service? yeah, multiple like, times. I feel like I've done that a ton, and then sometimes they just bring it out of you. Yes, yes. And the thing is, is that it gets results.
1: Like, whenever you yeah. end up going off on somebody, like, the problem gets solved within five minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you hate to do it, but sometimes, man, you have to, oh, unfortunately. Got it. So, and I just sometimes feel so you bad just... for them. But, like, sometimes you have to, like, blast
1: through the multiple walls of, like, corporate jargon that they're contractually obligated to say to you before you can actually have an intelligent conversation
0: with Yeah, them. like, you can tell they're reading down that script. And you're like, can you just skip to the end of the script, please, so we can actually please. do something? They're please. like, have you tried plugging it in?
1: Like, no, I never thought about if it has power or not.
0: Huh. No, I'm stupid. Sorry. My bad.
1: <laughs> I'm an actual dummy.
0: Thanks My for fault. That
1: out. Wait, which one is the plug? Uh.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Thanks for telling me that. There's
1: a power button? I never would have thought of that. <laughs> Ever. It says power underneath it? Wow. <laughs> Who Imagine that. Electricity. <laughs> Quite a thing, you know? Hmm.
0: Huh. Wow. Okay, that was quite the tangent. Um, yeah, yeah, you really brought something out of me on that one, man. My bad, my bad. <laughs> I just had to, like, I've been talking about the streaming services thing for a while and then yeah. the internet thing. That's also something which mm. I've had terrible experiences with, which mm-hmm. is terrible. I could do a whole podcast on terrible. Internet. You
1: really could. Maybe
0: we should. Although, we would never be sponsored by these companies if we do that. Honestly, so. bro, I've already lost one sponsorship to ATT due to tweets. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> That's totally fair. Yeah. Um I mean, they probably got more tweets than I did when I said that one thing about pitbull on Twitter. Oh my
1: god, bro. <laughs> that was the funniest situation because you legitimately did not know that pitbull had fans and they just attacked you like ravenously, which is kind of fitting uh <clears throat> in terms of like the next thing that we're going to talk about because the things that you post online Uh, even if they are very, like, personal things and emotional things and things that you feel like most people would agree with the things that you're saying about it can end up causing some sort of controversy because somebody is going to have something negative to say about it, you know?
0: Definitely, yeah. A lot of people like to uh, really come at your vulnerabilities in ways that are negative for some reason. And in this situation, we're talking about Dak Prescott, mm. who, for those who don't know, is the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Boo! Sorry. Sorry. I, mean, I, I just hate care. the Cowboys. I, I hate the Cowboys I don't, so I don't have a fandom anymore, so I nah. don't care. Yeah, that's
1: fair. The <laughs> so Cowboys can kick rocks barefoot on the frozen tundra for all I care. Anyways. Yikes. Okay. Uh, <laughs>
0: anyway. <laughs> Dak <laughs> Anyways, man, <laughs> Dak Prescott gave an interview in which he was saying that uh, much like a lot of people, he suffered from depression uh, early on in the quarantine period that we're still in. Right. And that kind of compounded when his brother killed himself. Mm. And so Jeez. the reason that he was speaking out about it is because he said that his brother held it in and he thinks that that helped contribute to it and so he didn't want that to be the same case with him yeah and so this news broke out uh there was nearly universal praise for him speaking out about it yeah until one skip bayless mm. uh decided to give his take on his Shocker. show. Uh, I don't even remember the name of his show, to be honest with you, because I don't watch uh, Fox Sports. I don't even know what channel that is.
1: Yeah, I feel like not a lot of people pay attention to Skip that, like, nowadays anyways. So
0: Yeah, so he said basically that you can't say stuff like that as the starting quarterback for the Cowboys because it'll make your teammates look down upon you. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. He's saying that...
1: Because your job title is quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, you can't talk about the importance of being open and honest about the things you're struggling with, especially in Dak's situation because you saw that be a contributing factor to your brother taking his own life because you think his teammates are going to look down on him.
0: Yeah, but that's not the part that I really want to talk about. Yeah, obviously like that part is wrong. That part, like, like, period, end of story. That part's wrong. Um, The thing he said right before that is that when he heard this statement, it made him think back to the fact that he himself has had a pretty difficult life. Um, Mm -hmm. For those who didn't necessarily watch First Take when he was on ESPN, he often talked about how his mom was an alcoholic. Uh, I believe his dad was too. And because of that, it led to uh, a really difficult childhood for him. And Mm. so what he said was when he was in those moments, he just thought you got to keep going and that's all you can really do. And so that's why he said that he doesn't necessarily have sympathy for him in this situation. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that I wanted to jump off of this with is that when it comes to things like this, when it comes to, um, white privilege, and the reason I'm bringing up white privilege is because, uh, Dabo Sweeney, the head coach of the Clemson football team, Clemson Mm -hmm. Tigers, Mm -hmm. uh, when asked about the Black Lives Matter movement and whether, you know, the notion that black people have it more difficult than white people do because of white privilege, he disagreed. Mm. Because when he was in college, this is uh, something he talked about, he was so poor that his mom had to come stay with him in college and they both slept on the floor. Mm -hmm. And so... What I've realized is not really realized, but I've been thinking about is how people look at these things through their prism and mm-hmm. that they're like, yo, if I did it with the hard stuff that I had to do, then I don't understand why someone else can't. Right. Why someone else is suffering. And so right. it's hard for him to see that. I'm talking about Dabo here and I'll talk about Skip in a second. Okay. It's hard for Dabo to see that other people have it difficult because he thinks I mean, he obviously had it difficult because he had it difficult. Right. Mm-hmm. But what he's not seeing is that he was able to pull himself up by his bootstraps, so to say, mm-hmm. because he didn't have the additional hindrance of his skin color. Yep. Right. And so he was given opportunities in coaching that a lot of people who aren't his hue get. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, no,
1: that makes sense.
0: And Skip's issue, I think, is more widespread. Mm-hmm. especially when you think of people who are like, I had hard times and I never had to go to therapy. So why does someone else need therapy? A lot right. of people scoff at stuff like that. Right. And so a lot of people don't necessarily take mental health as serious because they, they're they like, yo, I've been sad too. Right. You know? Right. And so I think uh, obviously the reaction to what Skip said was justified, but I, just, I think in times like this, rather than just uh, demonizing somebody, it's kind of important to try to see the prism in which they're looking through. Yeah. Because that's the best way that you can educate somebody. Mm-hmm. Even though in this case, I don't think it's going to happen because Skip went on the next day and said that people just got what he was saying wrong and he still feels the same way. But that's not my point here. Okay, My point is <laughs> to try to see where someone's coming from In that prism, because a lot of people are going to disregard the experiences of someone else because they, too, have also had difficult situations.
1: Right. There's a there's a lot to unpack there, Um, like with the Skip Bayless angle and as well as the the Dabo Sweeney uh, example that you you brought in. Um, I mean, we could talk about the differences in perspective on this type of topic when it comes to age. When it comes to race, when it mm-hmm. comes to gender, when it comes to uh, poverty levels, like there's a lot of different aspects in play um, and it, when it comes to, you know, people having a different perspective on dealing with emotions. And for someone like Skip, who had a hard childhood, who, you know, worked his butt off to pull himself up by his bootstraps, who benefited from certain opportunities presented to him for whatever reason... Uh, it's difficult for him to remember that his situation and the the emotions that he felt aren't necessarily the exact same thing that somebody like Dak Prescott is feeling. Uh, there's a difference between being very sad, being very defeated, being very down in the dumps, and being depressed. They are are not one and the same thing, um, and I feel like for a lot of people around Skip's age, um, there that there's a crucial misunderstanding when it comes to that, uh, because they feel like, oh, you know, you're just sad because you don't have wealth and your life isn't easy. So just do what I did and you'll be successful. Stop complaining about it and get to work, type yeah. of thing. And like for Dak, it's not that. Dak has money. Dak has made it, quote unquote. You know, Dak is doing mm-hmm. his thing. But he still had to battle with depression because he was hit with something so deep and so painful that it took him into a place that goes beyond emotion. It took him to a place in which he realized that he was not going to be able to survive that type of thing on his own. And he needed assistance. He needed help. And there's a lot of people who are in that type of place, you know? Um, so you know, just to like underscore your point as far as like people not necessarily taking mental health seriously. um, You know, I, I do think that we need to do a better job of trying to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and try to think from their perspective and try to understand what they're going through without putting it through the lens of what we've experienced because our experiences are going to be different, you know? And like, if you hear, the word depressed for you, that may mean one thing, but for somebody else, it may mean something totally different. So instead of trying to explain it away based off of only your experiences, you need to remember that like other people have experienced different things than you have, and they have reacted to those things differently than you would.
0: Yeah. And I think too, the I think one of the bigger issues in how he's looking at it, he's looking at at it as someone who's quote-unquote made it through it rather than the person who was experienced like in the moment experiencing it right right because i feel like had he still been a kid going through what he was going through and heard dak express this Mm -hmm. i think he would have found some solace in that he wasn't the only one feeling like this right right And, and to underscore that point
1: um stephen a smith who is in more ways than one the the opposite of skip Bayless Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he voiced his support in a very beautiful and moving way uh, for Dak Prescott doing what he did. Um, He made it clear that, you know, in his own struggles with depression because of the the things that have happened in his life, you know, he realized the reason that he made it through was was because he started talking about it to people. He started talking about it to his family members and, 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 you know, that gave him strength, and so for for Stephen A. Smith, it was important that Dak said something because it shows other people who are in a similar type of situation that if you say something, you can get help. You know, like yeah. you don't you don't have to to face this alone type of thing. Um, and yeah. the other thing that is kind of bothering me with this and has always bothered me with this um, is the mentality that. People who are going through difficult circumstances, um, like like Skip Bayless, whenever they have the type of reaction that he has, it almost feels as if their mentality is, if I handled th- this situation in a specific manner, then you have to handle it in that type of manner as well. Like That's the only right way to do it. And if yeah. you come through it and talk about it in a different way, then you're automatically wrong because that's not the way that I did it. And I don't, I don't get that. Like, why do you feel so bothered to the point where you need to say something as divisive as you did because the way that Dak processed it and made it through it was different than you?
0: I found that this was kind of happening in the God rest his soul. Chad Bozeman's death too. And that a lot of people were like, look at all that he did while he was suffering from cancer. Mm. If he can do it, why can't you? Jeez, bro. You know what I mean? I saw Jeez, that a lot. Good God, that's awful. Right, and I, it's, that's not something that I feel is, I mean, obviously it's bad, right? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people tend to do that. They go, look, I've been through terrible, terrible things. And if I did it, you have no choice but to do it.
1: Right. Or if you don't do it, you're not allowed to complain about it.
0: That's like the the example that people give when they give old people where they're like, oh, back in my day I had to walk right miles through the snow no shoes on right with the jacket with one sleeve you know yeah. and i don't know that stuff just really bothers me no i get it i get it
1: it's a belittling of other people's experiences just because you happen to survive your experiences type of thing and you feel like they shouldn't be complaining as much as they are because like, obviously their experiences aren't as hard as mine were type of thing. It's like, you you don't know what's hard for certain people. You don't know everything as far as like what they're dealing with or what's going on in their lives. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to express your disdain for the way that they're handling something that they're going through in their life. That's not something that you're required to do. (laughs) Like, exactly. Honestly, this this is a childish rule. But like, if you don't have anything kind to say, don't say anything at all. You know, like we yeah. tell that to kids all the time. But and they it should yes, like we sh- as adults, we should follow that. Um, I don't know, man. It just kind of blows my mind. You know, a lot of people feel like they have the because they have the ability to comment on someone's life, they feel like they have the right to as well. Yeah, and, and I feel like, like
0: this is especially prevalent in the Black community and the oh, yeah. downplaying of one's experiences oh, yeah. and hardship. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the crabs in the pot mentality, man. It's yeah, the crabs that's and the actually perfect.
1: Uh, and which for anyone who's listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, this is an idiom that I've learned from, from my parents and grandparents in which there is a phenomenon that occurs, and I'm sure it occurs in other communities as well, but in the black community in which when someone starts to succeed in something or they start to open up about something, there's like this automatic response from certain individuals within the black community to start tearing that person down. Um, a la what happens whenever you put crabs in a boiling pot, crabs will obviously try to get out, but if one starts to do better than the others in getting out of that pot, other crabs will pull the crab back down mm-hmm. and then they all end up staying in that boiling pot. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's that type of thing where, you know, <laughs> like like I said before, people feel like because they have the ability to comment on your life, they also feel as if they have the right to. Um, and then they get upset or offended <laughs> whenever you start to shoot
0: back at them, you know, yeah, or you just stop telling them what's going on with you. Right.
1: And right. I think that
0: especially happens to those who are younger, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like, what do you have to be sad about? You're right. a kid, or you're a teenager, or you just turned 21 or something like that. And they really go about, like, youth doesn't, it, youth isn't something that disqualifies you from experiencing mental health issues, depression, anxiety,
1: you. hard times, anything like that. Thank you. Like, I, this is something that I've heard in the church, um, but there's there's no such thing as a baby devil. There's yeah. no such thing as a teenager devil. There's no such thing as, like, issues that are, quote-unquote, smaller because you're younger. You know, like, you simply must deal with the issues that that face you as they come to you in your life. That's simply what must happen. And I feel like a lot of the times there is a belittling Uh, of young people's emotions in dealing with things or their mentality in dealing with things. Um, And, you know, in extreme cases, it gets to the point where either those kids start to act out because they're not Mm -hmm. being heard or they start to not act at all. And they retreat within themselves so far that you feel like you can't get anything from them ever. And they don't know how to express themselves at all because they've been conditioned to feel shame whenever they start to express themselves.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And they just get disregarded because they go, oh, they're just teenagers, they're emotional. Right. But it's because you don't necessarily know how to express yourself at that time. You're right. Right. And I mean, so just being. You don't
1: even fully know who you are at that time. So trying to express who you are is an even more difficult thing.
0: Yeah, like, I remember what it was like when I was 16 and how difficult that was for me. Because, you know, my grandma died a week before mm-hmm. my birthday. Mm-hmm. And that was something I legitimately had no idea how to even begin to talk about. Yeah. Like that feeling, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times people go, oh, you're just... The people who didn't necessarily know me would be like, oh, he's just emotional. You know? Yeah. Oh, what he's just that? sad. He's just sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, so why is he so emotional? And it's not right. like something that you can really... Right. Talk about, and then people try to disregard your experiences because mm-hmm. you're young, mm-hmm. and that's uh, and
1: to like kind of even more sharpen our focus on this, um, especially if we're talking about people commenting on your emotions. That's a particular problem that I see when it comes to young men. Um, you know, we just we have this stereotype that you know, as a guy, you don't feel. And if you do feel, you don't talk about it. And if you do talk mm-hmm. about it, then there's something wrong with you because you're a guy and that's not what we do. You know? Yeah.
0: I remember being told early on that if you feel something like that to, like, if you need to cry, go cry in your car, uh, mm. in your room, as long as no one's around,
1: mm. you know,
0: mm-hmm. because... And I get the thinking behind it is because you don't want to show weakness to somebody because people can take advantage of that. Yeah. You know? And they will. They 100%. will. 100%. Yeah. They yeah. <laughs> it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, it's
1: a really toxic thing. It's a really toxic thing that, that happens far too often, you know? Um, but, I mean, you and I have been talking about this for years. You know how I feel about the way – masculinity and manhood is treated and taught uh, and thought about in society um ultimately i find it all to be very stifling um very suffocating and very limiting uh for no legitimately good reason but
0: yeah it's just a, there's just a weird notion that you're just supposed to be like a, a statue an emotionless statue you're right or that you're only allowed to feel, like, joy, you know? Right, right. And I think that's why a lot of people act the way they do, because they genuinely don't know how to express other emotions because they've been taught for so long that you're supposed to just kind of suppress that. hmm You know? That's why mm-hmm. I always, like, how many times have I joked with you that I'm just, like, running from problems? Because, oh, often. <laughs> yeah, because you just don't know what to do or how to go about <laughs> yeah. it. Because yeah. that's how you're conditioned. Yep. i can't tell you how many times
1: i've told you you need to stop running from your problems and face them but yeah
0: and then eventually you know the dam breaks and you just are just like what what am i supposed to do here
1: and the dam breaks and you move yourself out of new york city in a night and drive all the way back to texas on like what two tanks of gas (laughs)
0: Yeah, which that's a whole story that I can't put on the podcast because there's some stuff that I did wrong there. But Uh, yeah, that's fair. We don't have to discuss exactly what happened. Yeah, I I made it from New York to Texas in a 19 hour drive that I didn't (laughs) take a break. I just drove because the dam broke, and I literally just I I barely remember that drive. I'll be real with you. Yeah, I just you know remember going f this and leaving a whole bunch of my stuff in my apartment. Yeah. Just bringing my necessities and driving back. Yeah. I'll
1: tell you what though, man, that moment was very clearly a defining moment for you. And in a very good way, like ever since you've come back from New York city, you've been a different man. Like you've been a different person. Um, Like I see and appreciate the growth that like you exhibit based off of the things that you went through during that time um so i know that situation wasn't a good situation in the moment but you definitely you successfully made it through you know yeah i
0: think i think that statement you know you grow through what you go through is extremely valid yeah because i think the experiences that i had there and then shortly after was one of the the hardest moments that I've had in my life, you know, because mm-hmm. I I left on a journey of ambition and goals and came back completely defeated, you know. Yeah. And then you know you hear the jokes of oh you couldn't make it, huh? Mm-hmm. Had to come back home, huh? Mm-hmm. And that was something I like. I seriously had to evaluate, and that was one of those times where you can't really run from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it forced me to do what I think a lot of people should do, uh, to look in the mirror and just kind of evaluate, you know? And that was Mm -hmm. one of those, who am I moments. Mm. And I think one of the things that really helped me out is that eventually, like I didn't, obviously I didn't do it a lot, but eventually it got to the point where I had to like reach out and be like, yo, I don't think I can handle this alone. Yeah. You know? Like I, I don't remember how many times I've texted you like two in the morning, and I was like, "Yo, bro, I am struggling." Yeah, yeah. And but I mean, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was, I was gonna, gonna go say like that's that's the whole that's the whole point is that you're not alone, and the fact that you had me, and you had your mom, and you had your dad, and you had your siblings. You know, like that is a huge reason why you know you are here now versus in mm-hmm. the same place that you were in when you came back from New York City, you know? Like, yeah. being able to express, being able to open up and receive the help that you need is a huge thing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think people thing. really take that for granted. Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel like they're alone
1: mm-hmm. because,
0: that, honestly, that's what it does to you, man. That's what depression and anxiety and stuff, that's what it does to you. Yeah. Is it make it gives you this feeling that you're, Really alone, and you're in this by yourself, right? And I think that's why it was really important for Dak Prescott to do stuff like this, mm-hmm. is because it's important to know that this is much like a lot of things in life. This is something that we're all fighting together, you know. Agreed. And you never know who will be there for you, just in, until you say something. Yeah. You don't have to be super specific, but just it. It's hard to admit that you're struggling. But it's also very freeing. Yeah. In a sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's and it's weird and kind of funny, because like whenever you whenever you find people that you can trust it's to you know, not degrade you when you open up, like it's still difficult to do it, but once you finally do it, you feel so free. You know, like you, you feel like a weight has been lifted off of your shoulders. And like, you could tell that that was very clearly the thing that you needed to do, but getting to the point where like, you're courageous enough to actually do it is, uh, this is a weird and difficult and long process. Um,
0: yeah, that was something I was obviously very stubborn in doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, even when my grandma died, I never talked about that. You know, Mm -hmm. I was just, you know, keep moving on, keep figuring it out. Um, and I th- I think that's much like how Skip was. You know, you just keep going, keep going. Just don't really give your time yourself time to uh, think and process that. Because right. if you do, you know you you never know how long you're gonna right be in that place. Right, so you just keep running. Uh,
1: the the danger with that is that if you keep running, you can never stop. Really. Like once you get to a point where you start running and you that's just the path you're gonna take, it feels like you can never stop because no matter how fast you run, that thing will always be there.
0: Yeah, and then what you, you know? do is you develop really unhealthy coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I did with partying and stuff. And <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just kind of you have that moment where it finally catches you and you're forced to stay still. And it's just not a pleasant spot to be in. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I. That's why it's important to reach out.
1: Yeah, that's why it's important to reach out, you know, um, because by reaching out, that is you moving forward. Yeah. You know, if you don't reach out, then you, in my mind, it's really difficult for you to move forward,
0: truly. so. Yeah, and I know it's difficult because some people uh, feel like they're bothering people or Mm -hmm. that they're a nuisance. And again, that's just kind of your mind playing tricks on you. Yeah. And you just got to do it anyway. hmm Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah, that's, uh, I think that might be the episode right there.
0: I think uh, so. I think, unless you want a, a, a funnier into that. I, I mean, I don't think I really have one, you know. Um, well, I mean, Doctor Phil, he said he wants people to stop calling him Daddy. So,
1: oh God, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, that's they the want headline. him to stop. He wants people to stop calling him what? Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> he wants them to. He
1: wants people. Who's calling this man Daddy?
0: Hoomst. You know I, how bad internet people are. <laughs>
1: oh oh my god that is unacceptable (laughs) I cannot stress to you enough and I swear to high heaven if this is my Gen Zers y'all get a grip (laughs) get a grip
0: or to quote Dr. Phil what are you doing
1: yes goodness gracious (laughs) okay (laughs) That's the most mind-numbing piece of information I've received in, like, a month and a half.
0: Yeah, you oh. know, they should put their energy into something else, like buying like, a $90 body pillow from Travis Scott that looks like a Chicken McNugget. <laughs> you know, I actually support that. I do. It's a good hustle.
1: I can't That's even fault hustle, it. Girl. That's a good hustle. Oh, was man. like
0: $90. Shoot. <laughs> so people are buying
1: it. Hey, listen! That is a piece of marketing genius on the part of Travis Scott's people and McDonald's because you got young people going to McDonald's to buy a very normal, regular burger that doesn't really have anything special about it, just because it's the "quote unquote" Travis Scott burger. It's brilliant! It's brilliant. There's yeah, like, there's honestly a no
0: no rapper is marketing like Travis Scott's marketing. Mm. Nobody, like he mm. had a concert in Fortnite. Which was obviously like millions of people watched that.
1: Yeah, I remember that happening.
0: Now the McDonald's merch yep. and the order. And I think he has a, a toy, which, by the way, it doesn't really look like Travis Scott. Yeah. People say it looks like Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> I pity the fool that buys this burger, <laughs> but it's genius. It's genius. Yeah,
1: it really is. It's That's a genius use of like social media, man. It's like all these people who are buying this burger are giving so much free advertisement to McDonald's mm-hmm. and to Travis Scott, dude.
0: Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it... I, like That partnership isn't really something that you'd imagine mm-hmm. a rapper doing, but mm-hmm. the fact that they got that put together was... It's just genius for both parties.
1: Entirely, i mean, hats off to you, Travis Scott, and unfortunately, McDonald's. Not necessarily a fan, but you know, yeah, that's dipping not your fries and Barbecue there. sauce is disgusting, though. Excuse um, me, I don't understand. Excuse what's going me, on there. sir, I don't appreciate <laughs> the random personal attack on my choice of sauce. All right, barbecue sauce is delicious. Okay, dipping
0: your fries in a, barbecue sauce is disgusting. Okay, listen, I don't
1: like my food to taste sweet unless it's supposed to be sweet, like candy or ice cream or something. I don't want my salty French fries to taste sweet. I'd rather for them to taste like smoky or spicy. Okay? That's just a personal preference. If you like bland ketchup, then have I don't like it.
0: ketchup either, by the well, way. Well
1: then what do you <laughs> like? <laughs> what do you put Worcestershire sauce on your fries?
0: I don't like that either.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> You got, the picking, dude. You got the freaking palate of a two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Although two year olds like ketchup, so I don't know where I you feel land like Two year olds would dip mail. their
0: fries in barbecue sauce.
1: Okay. Alright. <laughs> alright. Listen, you started this, alright. There's no reason for you to get petty. Alright.
0: I'm Coot just it with saying, the snarkiness. It's just it's, a weird addition to the order. Is it? It's just the sauce. Barbecue sauce and fries is weird. How? You don't even eat weird. ketchup with your fries it's weird what do you eat with your fries just the fries
1: okay so you like just the fries but it's weird for me to enjoy the taste of a smoky flavorful barbecue sauce alongside the potatoes
0: look dude all i'm saying is if you like it i love it but it's weird
1: that's so fake that's so fake you don't love it you just think it's weird bro Nah man, you do you, man. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, weird. It's but I'll weird. support you. It's weird that you don't like any sort of sauce with your fries. That's freaking I'm weird. not a
0: big sauce guy like that. Dude,
1: they're so dry.
0: I don't care. I like yeah. them how they are. <laughs> you know? They stand up by their se- by themselves.
1: Let, let, let me guess. You're also the the plain Jane potato guy. You don't get anything else on the potato?
0: No, no. Whoa, whoa. We're not savages here. Whoa. I mean, no. you're basically a savage. You're just no, eating no, no, no. the French fry. No, I thought you meant like on burgers. Do I get like do plain and dry, which I do?
1: Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking like baked potatoes.
0: No, no, no. I like them loaded. So loaded. But you. Were, but not barbecue okay. sauce on a baked potato. So. I'm not
1: talking about barbecue sauce. I, I mean, know. I'm would, just. I'm just, would just would like clarifying. Kind of, that, that would be kind of weird. I'm not gonna Some lie. Some like If someone poured barbecue sauce like into a baked potato, that'd be kind of weird. Which. I know technically that doesn't make any sense because like a baked potato is just an unfried version of a French fry,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: that's just odd. I mean, if you like it, then you know, do you?
0: Again, if you Whether. like it, I
1: love it. Although, but it's weird. There have been a few times where you know, like I'm at a at a barbecue, and you know, like some of the barbecue sauce will get like in the mashed potatoes, so like, I can't eat them after. That. I've had that before. It's and I didn't notice it being like weird or anything. I just ate it. I just
0: can't because I don't like my food touching. <laughs> God dude, I swear. <laughs> like, you're, you're literally a toddler when it comes to your if, food. Like if if another food touches another food that I didn't mix myself, I just don't want the plate anymore. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
1: <laughs> just imagine you giving an entire uh, plate worth of food back to your mom because yeah, like so, yeah, some like, yo. some
0: of your mashed potatoes mixed <laughs> with your steak or something. I'm just like, yo, what is this? It's much like how I don't like hot drinks, right? So if I, I there's times where I'm like, Wait, I'm like, gonna you don't try like hot chocolate. Here's why, and this is it's not the taste. Here's why I don't like it. Um, There are times in life where I'm like, I'm gonna, it's cold, so I'd like something warm, so I get a a hot drink, and I sip it and burn my tongue, and I get so frustrated, I throw the whole thing away. I'm like, I can't do this. This is why I don't do it. It's because you don't have impulse control. (laughs) I'm sick. I'm sick of burning my tongue. I'll just stay cold. Bro,
1: okay, I'm sorry. This is unrelated, but I just got a text message from my girlfriend that she almost stepped on a black widow spider a few minutes ago at her home. The breaking news, Move. I will not be going Move. back to that house. Not, not, not occurring. Not uh, Last week. That's I that think,
0: spider's house.
1: L- l- I think f- last week her dad found a snake, a whole snake in the garage. I'm not going what? back to the house, bro. What? I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, it's no, it's not it sounds dangerous period. What? I'm
0: going to be dangerous. checking all
1: of her bags and shoes to make sure that she doesn't have a spider. Like as a carry on anytime that I'm near her. Oh no. Mm-mm. 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 Yeah. That
0: sounds dangerous.
1: Yeah. Okay. Anyways, right. yeah. We should uh, probably, probably in this, this episode here. We'll definitely ramble yeah. on at the end there. I think Sorry, this was whatever. a good
0: episode. Um, lastly, I kind of just want to wish those in the West Coast safety because yeah. that is absolutely quite like crazy. Yeah, uh, I've seen the pictures and that's wild. Yeah, absolutely wild. So I don't even I know y'all...
1: how you're supposed to keep yourself safe, but whatever the professionals are saying, please listen to them. And I pray that you guys are able to make it through this. Episode of 2020 safely.
0: What a year, man. Yeah. And we still have a Friday the 13th in this year. So oh, buckle up. Okay. Buddy.
1: okay. Please don't tell me that's in October. It's in November. Oh, thank God. Okay. Election month. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even put two and two together. <laughs> man, that's super fitting. That is yeah. super fitting.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, buckle up, boys. You know, we got more I- to go. <laughs>
1: All I know is that the season writers for 2020, they're pulling out a special episode for the election day. So prepare yourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It should be interesting.
1: Gird your loins, as they say.
0: (laughs) Gird your loins. (laughs) 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 Oh, man buckle up boys i'm just i'm just gonna
1: walk around telling people to girt themselves now
0: <laughs> just, that's my, just that's like, version, um,
1: buckle up. like do yourself. it like
0: that person in julius caesar that was like beware the Ides of march yes just uh just walk to strangers and be like good your loins <laughs> 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 oh all right um
1: we're gonna end the episode here because we're rambling uh, and yeah. might be delirious So always remember That he subtweets I therapy
0: Follow us on social media Like you know, and subscribe we, All that stuff We got a YouTube channel now So you know In case uh, something happens With Anchor Like it did last week You yeah. can always check there Also Subtweet, oh, There's no URL I'll put it I'll like Put it on Instagram Or something
1: Shout out To our Total number one fan Mr. Blankenship my girlfriend's father is so great at interacting with us on social media
0: even though talking with mr Blankenship is one of my favorite things now
1: right dude i love the fact that he's so like involved man definitely our number one fan um but yeah actually at some point he he floated this idea to me um that he would like to to come on the podcast and talk um, oh, you know, like like race relations and whatnot. So 100%. we gotta we gotta
0: make that, that time possible. he wants.
1: Yes, yeah, sir. All right. Uh Yeah, that's the end of the, the episode. We love you guys. Stay safe. Yeah. Wear mask, thanks for listening.
0: Hands. Stay safe. Gird your loins. Gird them.
1: Gird them mightily.
0: Yeah, and uh thanks for listening.
1: Later.